Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, guys? we got a special guest today. We have Richard Green. He's an attorney by trade from USC Law School. Richard left the practice of law to share his communication breakthroughs with presidents, prime ministers, cabinet ministers, senators, congresspersons, first ladies, political candidates, CEOs and CFOs of Fortune 500 companies, attorneys, judges, Hollywood celebrities, and making professionals, among others, in over 40 countries on six different continents. The work includes branding and message development, media training, speech writing, and speech coaching. The work also extends to helping clients overcome the fear of public speaking, a service he provided to Princess Diana, and continues to provide to major politicians, business leaders, and professional speakers today. Richard's conducted over 100 international lectures, tours, leading workshops, and doing consulting for the United Nations, the World Health Organization, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Foreign Business School, the Young Presidents Organization, and many, many more, um, including Walt Disney Company. Um, Richard, how are you doing today? We're excited to have you here on the Clocked In podcast. Thank you so much, Jordan. I, I was getting tired even listening to all of that. Um, it's uh, it's been it's been a long but wonderful career. Yeah, it's incredible what you've been able to do and accomplish. So where did it all start for you? Where was this ever part of a plan? Like, how did this happen? Well, the, the plan was for me to play either left field or center field for the Los Angeles Dodgers, but that didn't work out because um, I don't have any of the skills that would make that a good thing. Um, I then my other plan was to become, become a congressman because I love politics as well and love law. And so I went to law school, graduated USC law school. And then as I was five years into my practice, I get this invitation to go to this event with this guy, this 23 year old guy who is pictured in a business suit, walking on a bed of hot coals and telling you that if you come, and pay this money, you can overcome your fear and turn it into power. And I was free that Friday night. And it's like, okay, that sounds cool. And so I went and it turned out it was Tony Robbins. And there were, I was one of like 150 people. And it turned out it was Tony's first ever seminar 
in the United States. He had had two seminars before like that in Canada. He's 23 years old. And I walked up to him and said, hey, my name is Richard Green. I'm a lawyer in town. And I have to tell you, you're one of the best communicators I've ever seen in my life. And I have no doubt that you're going to make a huge contribution to the world. And I'd love to help you get do that. And he goes, great, let's have lunch. And so we had lunch and then he moved into my law suite and we would like stay up till two or three every morning brainstorming about how his business could get to the next level. And in the process, I learned all of the stuff, at least at that time that Tony was teaching about neuro-linguistic programming and communication and communication strategy and all of that. And it, it was fascinating to me. And then I decided um, that that was way more fun than practicing law and traveled, traveled around the world for a little bit and then came back and <clears throat> was actually working uh, because I wanted to develop my skills in this coaching using neuro-linguistic programming. I actually, when I came back from Europe or from India, Nepal, and then Europe, um, and I actually had a child that came soon after that. So I had to take care oh, wow. of her. And I was working because I didn't want to go back to law because I really wanted to pursue what the things I had learned with Tony and to be a motivational speaker. And um, I was actually working for $7 an hour at a Nutrisystems behavior education uh, clinic to help people who were dealing with being overweight. And it's like, okay, this is kind of different than being a lawyer in my, with my own law practice, but it was great training and then developed my practice and then got invited to speak in, in um, a, a year and a half later to speak in, in um, Austria and then went there and then gave a workshop on neuro-linguistic programming, then got invited while I was there to speak in Germany and then another one, a different part of Austria and then Frankfurt and all over. And it just, it just snowballed for, you know, it's now 53 countries. And um, just, I, I think the lesson of it is, are you looking at the work that you do as a job, right? Or are you looking at it as some sort of a, of a campaign that you have to do things or is it even deeper and some sort of a spiritual mission that makes your life on the planet that you chose to come into, at least that's my belief, um, enormously fulfilling? And so I've just followed my bliss. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but yeah. I, I, I just think it's horrible for people who are stuck in jobs where they feel like for those eight or 10 hours, they're in prison when they really, in their heart of hearts, want to be doing something else. Yeah. Very profound. All the stuff you just said, um, for you, what was the best way? First of all, with, with Tony, what, what'd you see in him that obviously he said he was a great communicator, but what was it that was that fast? Like, when you guys were going, were you inviting him to your law firm and you're running simultaneously? So <clears throat> I had an office in a law suite. There was an empty office right next to my office. 
Tony yeah. didn't didn't really have an office at that time. This was the beginning of 1984. And I said, why don't why don't we rent you that office? And that became the center of operations for what was then Robbins Research International. And um, but it was great because we got to spend a lot of time talking. Um, I inter- introduced him to a bunch of people. I helped him with his PR. Um, I helped him with his strategies. And, and the, at the same time, he's showing me, you know, this unbelievable proprietary you know, perspective on so many things. And, you know, it was like the University of Tony Robbins and I had a private yeah. tutor. Yeah, I I mean, as big as he's gotten, it's incredible what you could have learned, what you did learn. And obviously we saw the skills that you put through that. Yeah, just to answer your question, I mean, you know, I'm fascinated by people who are extraordinary. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in sports and business and whatever. And Tony happens to be, and I'm sure many people who are seeing this have seen him in one way or another. He happens to be one of the smartest, most creative, most dynamic. I mean, what you see on TV or in those seminars is is who he is like all the time. And it's like, yeah. wow, this guy, this guy is in a really lovely, in a really lovely way, uh, kind of a freak of nature. And it's like, I'm down, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that brings it up to one of the biggest benefits is being around people who push you, being around people who motivate you. And we hear the five people that we surround ourselves with are, uh, we're going to become more like them. And to have Tony Robbins in your wheelhouse is not a bad person to have around. (laughs) Yeah. I I love that saying. That was a saying by Jim Rohn, who was Tony's um, first kind of motivational guru. And he said, who you are is the average, excuse me, is the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if one of those five happens to be Tony Robbins, that's going to have a certain effect. And if one of the five is someone who's constantly playing the victim role or mode in your life, or they're lazy, or they're addicted to drugs, or whatever i mean that's gonna have an influence too absolutely and to even add to that portion uh, something i've realized is that since a lot of people are staying at home uh are at home working from home that it's become those five people are now becoming books podcasts television shows it's becoming everything that we consume or so now Jordan, we sit for yeah. Jordan Jordan Edwards podcast. There you go. You could be one of the five for lots of people. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate that. So for you, you go on this spree with Tony Robbins, traveling around the world. How was he even? How were you guys attracting audiences everywhere you went? Because that was way before the that was a little bit before the internet, right? No, way way before the internet. <laughs> No, you would you would call people, you would send letters, you would have a friend say, "Hey, why don't you come? You know, I want to. Somebody's interested in your work. He may want to host an event, and you go for lunch or coffee, and you drive across town, right? And then a few years 
after that, or right around that time, the fax machine is is being developed. I mean, it's incredible how fast and far we've come. But yeah, he kind of took off and he would do an event and then people would come up to me or someone else on his team and say, hey, you know, I want to bring him to Chicago or I want to bring him to New York or whatever. And I would help negotiate that. that. It just was this this organic growing of a phenomenon because he's such an impactful, unique guy. Absolutely. So for yourself, when you went on your own, were you concerned in that area because it seems like you've been able to meet with these super high level people again and again and again and what do you think one of the ways of doing that is and and it's not even the we're talking for a minute it's the coaching dynamic is something very different yeah yeah so so i think the the question is how do you even get into that space into their zeitgeist their their worlds and it happens so many different ways i mean for example i mean i'll i mean it happens for me as well if somebody does know about me and says come to vienna austria and i'm there and then someone's in the audience and says i want you to come speak to my company or for example the philippines is having a presidential election i I was doing some work for the young president's organization, someone from who is a very wealthy business person in the Philippines um, said, I want you to come and work for, do a week's worth of training for my company in Manila. Flew me out, flew me out, paid me, you know, a very nice fee. And then while I was there towards the end, I said, you know, I want to introduce you to my friend so-and-so who happened to be running for president of the Philippines uh, five, five years ago, and is that he could really use your help because he's not breaking through yet. And I think that you could help him be more natural, be more charismatic, whatever. And, and then we had a meeting, and then I, I, he, the presidential candidate, flew me back, you know, uh, and like a month later to do to follow him around the Philippines on helicopters and private jets and give him feedback as he's going from city to city doing his campaign tour. And then, and then then said, Oh, and our vice president, our candidate for vice president, who is now one of the presidential candidates for the Philippines, Lenny Robredo, you know, she wants to meet with you too. So it's just, I mean, I think if you are, if you have a niche that you are good in, and you are authentic and honest and not bullshitting people. And they don't see that you're trying to manipulate because you just want money or access or whatever. And it's like, no, I, I want to help. That's what I love is taking someone from here to there. And so that's, that's an example of how it happens. And just go to events, you know, in a classy way, talk about what you do. um, And, I mean, oftentimes it'll say, and having a TED Talk helps, of course, but <laughs> even before the TED Talk, they'll say, oh, 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 so what do you do? I teach people to overcome their fear of public speaking and how to be a much better, more impactful uh, public speaker. And they go, oh, my God, I need that. Or, oh, my God, my CEO needs that. Or, oh, my God, <clears throat> you know, my 
my sales team needs that. And it's like, cool, let's talk. Yeah. It's the consistently bringing up what exactly you do, because there's so many of us that we sit here and we say, we do this. But in reality, a lot of us are salespeople. We're salespeople to our friends who you might want to go to this uh, roller coaster event this weekend, whatever it is. You might want to go to the football game or you might want to go to this dinner, whatever it is. We always are trying to sell and influence people in a bunch, bunch of different ways. So by telling people exactly what you do and they know what you do, it definitely helps with that dynamic. Right. But without a sense of desperation, right. And without a manipulation and it's just kind of putting it out there. Here's what I do. I love what I do. I'd be happy to help you. Right. Yeah. And that's hard to do in the beginning of a career. Cause it's like, Oh my God, you know, I got to get business and whatever, but you know, you just, uh, again, if you're, if you really focus on, the the real core of why we do what we do hopefully it's to help other people and if someone doesn't need my services or if i'm not the right guy for them to get where they want to go i don't want to take their money yeah i i i want to help them find whatever they need so that sense yeah. of, of you know being tony talks a lot about <clears throat> the six basic human needs and one of them is significance it's like hey look at me i'm great i have a ted talk or whatever it is right that's that's one kind of egoic way of communicating and then as you get older it's a little easier to go you know i i what's really fun for me yeah i like getting paid i like you know being flown to wonderful places and all of that but i i want to make a contribution so the difference between focusing on the, the human need of being significant as opposed to the human need of making a contribution. And, and if you're focused on making a contribution, people can feel it. They're going to let down their resistance and they're going to go, yeah, wow, I'd love for you to make a contribution to my company. Yeah. Yeah. And how can I help you in this certain way? Yeah, I, I love that because there's so many of us that don't live that authentic life. How do you think people can overcome that when they struggle with it? Of thinking I should be here, here, here. Like some of the instances you brought up earlier. Well, you know, you can, I mean, FOMO is a thing. Um, <laughs> and and there is this, oh, if I go here, I'll get this. And if I go, yeah, I mean, be strategic, figure out what you're going to do. Tony talks about proximity. <clears throat> It, during COVID, it was really hard, obviously. I just heard we may be going back into another kind of bad situation in the fall. Um, but it's a lot easier when you're standing next to somebody, you know, at a dinner party or a cocktail party or an event or standing in line to get into a concert or whatever. I mean, I, I, just be social. Just, but, but give a shit about the other person. Right. Don't try yeah. to sell yourself because that that doesn't that doesn't wear well. People don't want to be sold. They want you to be interested in them. And one of the secrets about that is discipline yourself to not say a frickin word about yourself until they ask you. <clears throat> it's like, in other words, they're telling me about you. Oh, man. <clears throat> so you have a podcast. How'd you get into that? What's your favorite? Who's your favorite guest? And whatever. 
And genuinely, if someone's not a total ass, they're going to go, wow, wow, this guy's really interesting. And I love how interested he is in what I'm interested in, which is me, (laughs) right? (laughs) That person thinking. And they said, well, so tell me about yourself. And now, instead of having to force it in, you've got an open field and you can, you know, run for a touchdown if, if that's what's going to happen during that interaction. Yeah. And that's one of the most common things I see when new groups of people are having conversations, they'll dive in and go like a little mock conversation. Oh, Richard, where are you from? Massachusetts. Sure. Oh, me too. And it just, I imagine it, I see a spotlight when going into a conversation, I see a spotlight on the person speaking and then the person being spoken about. So like, we really want to have that spotlight shine on the other person. And I think that the podcast has definitely helped me do that because it's given me, it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about hearing what success things you've done and what stories you have and where we can extract value for the audience. The model for this, and I I think people really can relate to this, is no one is nervous when they're doing the best communication that people probably ever do. And that is, you've just gone to an incredible movie. Hopefully, people are going back to movies soon, right? And you walk out of the movie and you run into a group of friends from your hometown. And you spontaneously do what? You go, oh, my God, I just saw this movie, you know, the cinematography, the acting. It was like it was I was laughing. I was crying. It was incredible. Right. And and why are you doing that? You're not making money from Fox or Disney or DreamWorks or whatever, whoever produced the film. You're doing it because we have a basic inherent human desire to help other people. And you got something, I, I break down, it's okay, you paid 15 bucks for the film, you got $200 worth of value, you're giving them $185, right? Yeah. Because that's the value over and above what they're going to pay that you think you're pretty darn sure that they're going to get from that. It's like, oh my God, tell me, tell me what you thought of it. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. I've never thought about that. Yeah. And, and that's what my public speaking is. It's like, hey, I've spent my whole life studying public speaking, how to connect, how to hold an audience in the palm of the hands, how in, a, in an organic way, in a, an honest way, not a manipulative way, how to message, right? All of this. I can't wait to share it with you because I'm authentically passionate about it. And it's really fun. Like when you see a movie or go to a great concert, oh my God, you have to go see Sting or you have to go see, you know, Jay-Z or whoever, right? And it that's how human beings really connect by coming from their heart and suggesting things in from that space rather than, okay, that analytical Where, or whatever. I mean, you can have that in there as well, but, you know, it's it, it just... And it'll come. And if it doesn't come, maybe you need to tweak things. Maybe that's the universe's way of saying, hey, instead of focusing on neuro-linguistic programming, why don't you focus on public speaking? Or instead of focusing generically on public speaking, why don't you make a specialty out of helping people overcome what is the greatest fear in the world, which is 
public speaking, right? So you just keep listening to the universe, listening to feedback, listening internally to your heart. What do I want to do when I grow up? <clears throat> what am I passionate about? And try not to ever get stuck doing things that you're not passionate about because that'll suck the life out of you and dry you up and age you. Yeah, that's for sure. I've seen too many people live people live great lives, but it's always going for the weekend. And I love this concept that you bring up of sometimes you're like almost there and you just don't even realize it yet. It's a one millimeter turn and you're almost there yeah. from going from public speaking to helping people overcome public speaking fear. Yeah. It's, it's very powerful because earlier it's funny because early in the career, someone always feels like, they, they come from a lack. There's not that abundance mindset. But when you're in this place of sharing, it's an abundance. Exciting. Yeah, I, I think that's that's well put. That's that's absolutely well put. And um, again, the, the bottom line is people will feel whether you genuinely want to help them or just help yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, heard, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard if you don't have enough money to pay your rent to be thinking about other people. But, <laughs> but you know, it 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 comes. One thing comes from the other, and you're here, I believe, to learn lessons and sometimes challenges force you to develop your muscles in ways that you otherwise wouldn't. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So. Let's dive into public speaking a little bit. I mean, I know we've been going on it, but can I ask you a big favor? Yeah, I have a, a short, like 15 minute thing. Is there any way that we can pick this up? And I'm happy to give you some more minutes after that, but I have like a 115 that I have to jump onto. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so I'm a, gonna yeah. I'm gonna use this in like 145. Okay, can I call you back then? I have. I have a, a group five to six. We can figure it out. I'm gonna. I'll shoot you an email though. It's okay, probably gonna be because I have something five to six. But we'll. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do it whenever you want, and I'll wear the same okay. shirt. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you so much. That'd be good. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there, and have a great day, and keep clocking in.